What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Make It Work podcast. This is Stephanie. And this is Morgan. And we missed your sweet faces. <laughs> I guess your ears. Well, whatever. We missed your ear holes. Yeah. yeah. Super bad. Super bad. Sorry about last week. Um, You know what? Kind of sorry, kind of not. Mean in the most loving way. Everybody needs a break for a second. Yeah, I don't feel sorry because we were both exhausted. Neither of us were feeling our best. We both had a lot going on in our personal lives and things kind of started to pick up covid wise for both of us at work so yeah you got pulled in overtime like we had literally like one day in common that we had off and it was both of us were drained as fuck and we just like it's we're not going to put out anything good and we need a minute yeah so we just took a second just give it us a minute just give me two seconds jesus but yes um while we were gone housekeeping we announced our contest winner. Congratulations, Amanda. You'll be getting all your fun stuff soon. We hope you love it. And to everybody who participated and shouted us out, we love you for that. Thank you. Yes, thank you to everybody who participated. And Amanda, your stuff will be in the mail this week. Hopefully things haven't slowed down with that. <laughs> and you'll have it in a few days. Party on. And I hope you like it. Well, in true fashion, we decided to come back, you know, at 100. We're doing a heavy topic today. We think it's super important. We're not half-assing it. We're coming in full throttle. So it probably will be a little bit shorter episode this week just because we don't want to put something so heavy on you guys and then drag you through the mud for a long-ass time. Like that TikTok where they're like, hold my hand, hold my hand. I don't want to make you guys suffer for an hour and a half about this. But it's an important topic, and we're going to help you put your big girl panties on and learn what's going on and how you can deal with it. Yeah, we're going to talk about grief this week and not even people dying and grieving people dying. There are, are multiple different things that trigger feeling grief, including all the bullshit that's going on in the world right now and things being shut down and routines ending or changing and, you know, feeling isolated. So if you have been lucky enough to get to this point in your life without losing someone close to you, maybe this will help you interact with people who are experiencing grief in a better way or just give you kind of some insight or maybe you'll recognize the feeling of grief in other aspects of your life. So even if you haven't lost anybody close to you, this is still valid, I think. I think that's where I'm seeing people struggle the most is people, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I would consider myself a grief expert after some <laughs> things I've been through in my life. And as soon as I start having these feelings, my partner is a seven, he's optimistic, he's happy, and then this stuff's going on, and he's like, I don't know why, I'm just really mad that I can't get out of the house and everything's canceled. I was like, you're, you're grieving. And no one really close to you has died before, so you're not even realizing or recognizing this feeling. Or my baby sister, or my middle sister, got married this weekend. She was supposed to have like a 200, 250 person wedding, the big shebang, the southern wedding for storybooks fucking rager. And instead, we had a very intimate ceremony of, it was supposed to be 10, it ended up being 12 people with like the photographer and the officiant. But it was beautiful, it was lovely, but we've also all grieved before. So my family did a really good job at knowing those feelings, acknowledging how much this sucks, and then putting on our big girl panties and figuring shit out. But we knew to not tell Savannah that it's okay, people are dying. Because guess what, Savannah's a nurse, she knows people are dying. She's well aware. And that's a huge part of grief, I think, is whether you are grieving 
a loss of events right now. If you're grieving a major event, you're grieving a vacation, you're grieving your day-to-day schedule, you're grieving losing your job, you're grieving a family member you lost. Acting like it's not a big deal benefits no one. Right. And just because relatively losing a family member is worse than having to postpone your wedding doesn't invalidate how awful it is to have to postpone your wedding and it still fucking sucks and just sometimes just acknowledging that shit sucks is what validates someone who is grieving because it doesn't have to be your dad dying you know and it's like obviously your dad dying sucks yeah obviously i think that validate is like the perfect word yeah and people need validation and all aspects of their lives, people thrive off of validation in different forms and whether it's in private or whether it's public, it doesn't matter. But also I think that kind of, you learn that skill with being a nurse too. Like if you're looking at someone in a hospital bed, it's like, well, next door, they just coded. So you're doing much better. Like that's not how (laughs) helping someone through a shitty situation works. Yeah, because for them, this could be the very worst thing that's ever happened to them. And they don't care that you just coded someone next door because right now their world's falling apart. Like we both see people at their worst all the time. And yeah, maybe it makes us someone, this girl at work, I love her, her name's Alex. She, um, she came from the floor. We are hazing slash loving her into an ER nurse one step at a time. And someone asked her if she thought that like she was broken, if we had broken her yet. And she goes, no, I'm being molded into a stronger human being. (laughs) which I think is the ultimate response for developing into an ER nurse, ICU nurse, whatever. It's just going through shitty things sucks, watching people going through shitty things sucks. And sometimes people will say when you've been through things like, oh, you handle it so much better, you quote unquote are so much stronger. And I don't necessarily think that's true in that almost anyone could tolerate the things that we've been through. It's just once you've been through those things, you realize you're capable and it's not as intimidating. So once you realize what you're capable of, what the people you love are capable of, that you will survive, it's incredible what you can accomplish knowing what you can survive through. Right, it's like anything, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and so it's way scarier. It's just like if you haven't had a shot in a long time, you have, I have patients freak out all the time and then you give them the shot, they're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Anticipation, way worse. Way worse, always. Always, yeah. So I agree. Or, you know, as far as invalidating, it's kind of weird, honestly. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like thanking us for doing our job and less people wanting to kill us while at work is kind of weird and also nice at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I got called a green-eyed bitch the other day, though, so. Yeah, true. That was that was not nice. I, I got bit <laughs> this week. I mean, I'm not saying it's all great, but I've also had a lot of free food, and thank you, so I appreciate it. But some people are like, oh, my God, the worst thing is the first responders And there is things that are hard. Don't get me wrong. We don't have proper PPE. So that's its own issue. But we have a job. So I may like think when I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking sick of wearing a mask for 12 hours. My face is breaking out. I'm exhausted. But then I think I would be to me. I'm like, I can minimize those feelings because there's people who lost their jobs. But that doesn't make what I'm going through less difficult for me just because somebody else has something else going on. Right. And that's the whole point is there's no competition. Yeah, exactly. Summarizing queen over here. (laughs) Just fucking putting a bow on my words. I'm putting a bow on your words because I'm hungover. 
That's why. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> She's like, you do the details. I'll summarize what you say because I want to go dig a nap. I'll summarize for you. No problem. Yeah, I don't know. With the whole being validated for being a nurse thing, I've just started telling people that I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do You're for a, a living? Bitch. Actually, sir, I'm a hero. <laughs> Did you see the sign heroes work here? I work here. Hence, hero. I'm a hero. So, suck it. Where's the pe- why isn't there more pizza? We're heroes. You know? I just like to be a bitch about stuff though. That's just my MO. <laughs> That's your coping strategy. <laughs> that is my coping mechanism is to just act like a dick. And I've been crushing it. Absolutely killing the game. (laughs) So point number one, as Morgan said, validate your own feelings, validate people you love's feelings, and let yourself feel them. Here's the deal. If you pretend like everything is fine, like these these cute little girls on Instagram who have been doing workout videos, I've seen them trending down as the time goes on. Oh, it's slowed down so much. It's the best. It is. It's trending down. You just pretend like everything's okay and you repress those feelings. It's like a goddamn jack-in-the-box, okay? If you pretend like everything's fine for so long, you don't get to pick when all that shit explodes out of you, okay? Right. And it's terrifying just like a jack-in-the-box. That shit's going to come in the middle of a target and you are going to lose your goddamn mind on someone who has no idea who the fuck you are because you didn't handle all of your feelings, or you're going to start like punching your steering wheel in traffic because you're late when really it's the fact that you haven't dealt with your whole life crumbling around you. <laughs> That's where road rage comes from? Sometimes. That or just, you know, <laughs> unhandled day-to-day emotions, people being fucking idiots while driving, you know. Et cetera, et cetera. I've had a, a handful of meltdowns that I'm well aware it's because I pretended like everything was fine. Everything's okay. I'm good. I got this. I'm totally good. Don't worry about me. And then I get home on my way home from work. And I'm like, I, I, I don't want to do <laughs> yeah. this anymore. <laughs> Fuck people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why am I crying all the time? I don't know. That's a good question. And you're like trying to smile, crying. You're like, are you okay? I'm fine. It's fine. Why is there water coming out of your eyes? And everything's fine. It's okay. Oh my God. Sidebar with crying in public. The worst is when you're like done crying but you look like you've been crying and you still feel like you could easily jump back into crying and someone says like, are you okay? Or they like give you a hug. Oh, and they go, <laughs> and then you can't breathe. Right. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I understand where you're coming from and that you're trying to be nice, but you're just making it worse. Yeah. And that's another thing with grief is handling people who are going through something like that. I would say I'm an expert at getting people through grief. If you're yes. an expert at going through it at this point, I think I can take that one. Yes. What do you think? Oh, I, absolutely. Again, your ribbon on its way. <laughs> I'll make an award online like they used to on that clip art thing where you make like your paper invitations for elementary oh, school. Perfect. I'll just create a certificate for you. Number one sidekick when best friend is grieving or <laughs> who you call when your life fucking falls apart. Right. Morgan K. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Constantly asking someone if they're okay <laughs> is the thing to not do. Yeah. You're also very, you found a very good balance in validating and not rushing feelings, but also providing distraction when appropriate. 
like not acting like I shouldn't feel sad or angry or upset. You would validate my feelings, allow me to talk about it. But then if I seemed like I needed to not talk about it, you had no problem like putting those things on the side for a minute and being like, okay, well, let's talk about something else. That way you can like have a break. Right. Giving people moments of normalcy. Huge. While they're going through something traumatic is something that we should all try to do for people. It's just a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, the guy you were fucking couldn't get it up because he was too drunk. Perfect. I needed to hear that right now because like I'm going through a divorce, you know, it's like (laughs) you're like, oh, good. There's so comedy in the world. Right. Yes. Because if we just it's very hard to find that balance between sitting and feeling your feelings and wallowing. And by wallowing, I mean, if you don't take a break from those feelings, they can consume you. And I'm not pretending like that doesn't happen and that's not easy to fall into. So you got to take like a breath. But that doesn't mean that you're like, okay, I understand you're going through a divorce, but you've been bitching about it for 30 minutes. So I need to talk about something else. You're like, do you want to hear something really funny? Like after I get done talking about my shit (laughs) and you're telling me that it's totally valid. I feel that way and that men are trash. And you're like, you want to hear also why men are trash? (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep this going, but in like a different direction. Yeah, exactly. Same theme. We're taking a slight left turn. Yeah, like lightening up the same tone. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 100%. I feel like another thing with loving someone who's going through the grieving process is not expecting any response. Like not don't don't expect anything out of the other person. Like I don't expect or I don't plan your reaction. I don't know how to say it. It's like if I'm reaching out to you when you're going through something, I don't expect any response. You're not doing it in order to get like a reward or to be appreciated that you're doing it because you love me and care about me. Right. And I'd also, if I get a response from you, I'm not in my brain like, well, that's not what I was expecting or that's not what I was hoping for. That's huge. It's just what you get. And that's what you do when you love somebody who's going through shit is you reach out and you put it out there. And if they are in a place to receive it, great. If they're not in a place to receive it, also great. Like when you were going through your divorce just every day, it was like, you're the best. You're the best. You're a hot piece of ass. You're the best. You a hot piece of ass, bitch. And I've used that since on other people because I remember there were days when I was at a low that that was like the nicest thing someone said to me was like, you a hot piece asker. Because yeah. <laughs> that was the only time I talked to you all day. That was it. It was like a quick line. And yeah. I saw it. And I usually, even sometimes, I just didn't have the emotion. So I'd just send back like an emoji or nothing or like an I love you. Yeah. And I have in turn done that to other people. I've been like, hey. Someone's thinking about you. Someone loves you. Just know that. Yep. It's huge. And I'm not even a words person. And that made a big difference. I think that was, especially during my divorce, like I said, again, pro. And I can tell you, as like experiencing a great variety, it's hard sometimes because I think people do that comparison. They do the side by side and Maybe like as a friend, you think that them grieving their job isn't that big of a deal because the whole world is ending or your friend losing a wedding isn't that big of a deal. But that's not fair 
you don't get to judge their perspective and their feelings and you if you love them and you care about them and they're one of your people you still owe them that support you know yeah it course. shouldn't take a divorce for you to go hey just so you know somebody like cares about you right period in a story yeah and i mean if we want to kind of take a turn in a different direction and talk about like death grieving mm -hmm. because that's a whole the feelings are the same kind of like the reaction to something ending or changing is like the grief feeling mm -hmm. it's like the same stress your body has the same stress response it's just like a different stimulus that causes that feeling and the first time people usually recognize it as grief is if someone dies someone close to them dies yeah it's like the 100 percent of the feeling where it's like losing your job is like 20 percent of the feeling right yeah right it's the whole pie exactly you know, i've had like grandparents die which is sad of course but it's the circle of life you know they're supposed to kick the bucket you know it's like <laughs> they do it and then we get old and then our parents are old and then they do it and then we get old and we do it and it's like you know when someone young passes away or if a parent dies before you like you're a full-blown middle-aged adult like especially in like a surprise way not like a way that you've had any time to prepare not that that makes it any easier in the end but it's just different it's just different and I feel like watching you go through that and kind of like being in it with you in a way because, you know, I grieved Steve, too. Like, I've talked about this before, that he and I had a special bond, and I love him very much. But it's being the support person for that, especially when you're young, is so weird. And I will say, now looking back, when eventually it happens again, and, you know, where I'm dealing with that with another person that I'm close with, I feel like my advice to people now is give it a couple weeks. <laughs> like, everyone's up your butt for a couple weeks everyone's in your house everyone's bringing you food everyone's cleaning you're doing all the stuff for the funeral and then you know they get back to their lives and then that's when shit gets real because you're not scrambling to plan something or to you know manage a bunch of people in your house or you know heat up the leftovers that of the casserole that somebody brought you like everyone else's lives are getting back to normal and yours is like ending major topic we wanted to cover on this morgan and i both wrote this down that we wanted to cover this yeah which is so weird we, we wrote it in like different ways but it's the same exact thing is like you're going through something and it literally your world just ended yeah it's not the same world anymore that you're living in but everyone else is still living in their world nothing has really changed for them and life goes on and the world keeps turning and everyone's back to their routines and living life and then you're like what the fuck the world's different i remember being so angry I'm like how are you on vacation or just having a nice dinner out like i lost my dad yeah my whole family's turned upside down nothing will ever be the same and you're on vacation and i was just like i don't understand how is everyone still going but it, it didn't affect them so right. their world keeps going and Acknowledging that for somebody I think is so huge because it took you and I years to even realize that that was a feeling. Yeah. So if someone's going through it and it's the first time that they're really in their feelings in that way, being like, it is fucking bewildering when that happens and it fucking sucks. And, you know, 
in a sense, I've been there and my situations, you know, one situation's never the exact same as another person. So you can't be like, I know how you're feeling. That's never really something that you want to say to somebody. No. Oh, God. Like, we Do we want to go no. on a list of things that you don't say don't real quick? Say? Yeah, we can write up a list. Yeah. <laughs> These are going to be a no from us. Um, uh, acknowledging that, like, that's a shitty feeling and that, you know, you're available if that person needs to, like, yell and scream or, like, write out a huge text message and just, like, send it to a safe place or sit quietly or cry or something. Like, just being available is important, but but not expecting anything out of it. I just can't stress that enough. Like, make yourself available and then let them decide if they're going to take you up on it. And don't be pushy. Yeah, I have to acknowledge you have no problem like sitting in my sad or my angry with me. When I am sad or I am angry, you don't try to immediately fix it. Now, if I'm looking for a solution, I'm looking for a solution. We can talk about it. But like when I just need to feel my feelings and just sit in it with someone, a lot of people can't handle that. No. They're uncomfortable because they love you. Your pain makes them hurt. So therefore, they don't they they can't handle it they're like oh my god i have to fix this i can't i can't feel i can't feel your pain i can't watch you feel your pain i need to fix it and you can't you can't you could never fix the fact that my dad died you couldn't fix the fact that i went through a divorce there's so much shit you couldn't fix and same i couldn't fix it you were moving across the country yeah we can't fix it but we can be there and sit in that heavy no matter how uncomfortable it makes us because sometimes we get to feel those feelings to just not be alone is huge yeah and you always let me talk about my dad you never make it weird you never make me feel uncomfortable you talk about him with me and when you lose someone so many people who aren't as close to you get uncomfortable talking about someone who died i remember my ex-sister-in-law saying something like wow you talk about your dead dad a lot you would think you just not talk about like things like memories with him in it since he died and i'm like so i'm just was like forget my entire childhood because my dad was here now he's not and I remember being like, so you're we're like trading childhood stories and because my dad's in mine, that makes you uncomfortable. So I shouldn't talk about it. That's bullshit. It's such bullshit. But you have never made me feel bad. And I can't imagine because by the, I was one, I had one friend who lost her mom growing up and I remember talking about her mom and I never remember having an issue with her talking about her mom. I hated that I never got to meet her. But I never remember being like, oh, my God, I'm so uncomfortable that I can't imagine being like, oh, me being comfortable is more important than you getting to talk about your dead relative. That's unbelievable. People are so selfish. And that's the core problem with that situation. Yes. And then on a list. So essentially be like Morgan. Let them talk about what they lost. (laughs) Or if it's a boyfriend, I know it's hard to listen to your friend talk about the boyfriend they lost who was such a piece of shit anyways. I get it. I get it. And you know what? After a couple months, you can be like, you know, like maybe we should go on Tinder or on Bumble or go out to a bar and go that way. But when they, he or she needs to grieve that loss of that relationship, even if it's hard for you to listen because you hated their guts, you (laughs) keep your goddamn mouth shut and let them grieve. Let them do it. Let them get it out. They're going to yeah. move on faster that way, too. And you don't have to listen as much if you just listen to them. Like, put your fucking feelings aside for five minutes and stop being a selfish piece of shit. Boom. <laughs> Done. 
I feel very strongly about this section of things you do not say to people who are grieving. Okay, let's start. Um, they're in a better place. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> they- Is go fuck yourself the response? <laughs> Are you not supposed to tell grieving people to go fuck themselves? I wish somebody would have told me to go fuck myself. (laughs) I went through an intense go fuck yourself phase in college (laughs) where I was telling everybody that like I came across that annoyed me a little bit to go fuck themselves. (laughs) Can you imagine if I was just like sobbing, crying and like, I'm over it. Go fuck yourself. I would have (laughs) died laughing. So I mean, if you meant it, probably not. (laughs) If you would have casually said it while I was crying, I would have died laughing. But, um, like, they're in a better place. I actually told a clergy member of my church when we were playing my dad's funeral because my priest also got really sick a couple days after my my dad died and then died, like, a week after my dad. Yeah. Um, And we were in this meeting trying to decide who was going to do his service. And they were talking, and they're like, he's in a better place. Like, he's not – I'm like – he wasn't he didn't have cancer and I was watching him suffer and die. And you know what? Even people whose family members have cancer or something, let me clear this up for you. Most people would like to be with the people they love. So even if they were hurting, they still emotionally wanted to be with the people that they love. They just maybe didn't want to hurt anymore, but they're not in a quote unquote better place. Or you just don't fucking say that to the people they love because that makes them feel as if that person is relieved to be dead rather than be with them. And that is the most fucked up thing when you think about it that way. Why would you tell someone that? Why, yeah, it I don't know why people say that. I think they think it's going to provide comfort to, like, imagine the person that they love in heaven, however they picture that. A lot of people are like, oh, well, they're, like, at their, you know, healthiest and most beautiful. And they're, like, floating around on a cloud drinking strawberry daiquiris all day and, like, not gaining any weight and just eating pasta all the time. Like, that sounds great. But you know it also sounds great? Being with your family. I don't know. You know? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure my dad would have liked to walk my sister down the aisle on Friday instead of my mom having to do it. I bet my dad would have rather done that. I right. just about guarantee it. So when you tell them that or not allowing people to talk about their dead relatives or my mom got a lot of shit because she didn't want to date for a long time. My mom wanted her whole goal she had this like tunnel vision of getting my baby sister graduated into college because my baby sister was 14 when my dad died so she literally the next morning didn't want to disappoint my dad and went to her eighth grade graduation the morning my dad died and so then my mom was like i gotta get these kids through high school i just have to make it through that next thing and then i'll figure out the rest of my life but my mom's world was falling apart and people were like why aren't you dating or don't you want to date you know if you get much older it's gonna be harder to date do you think a widow needs to hear that shit do you think she needs to know her goddamn clock is ticking no she doesn't go fuck yourself on that one too all of these go fuck yourself and then i know how you feel yeah it's it's that I hate that one like encouraging the date or even after a breakup whether they want to date don't want to date how they want to deal with that as long as they are not putting themselves at risk Go fuck yourself if you want to tell them how to handle things or a divorce or I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things you grieve. Loss of virginity, you can grieve. Loss of a job. If someone, you know, lost their job and they're currently trying to figure out what they're going to do next. If all you do every time you see them, you ask them, how's the job hunt going? They're never going to want to see your stupid face again. Do you understand? You think they want to be reminded of their 
current predicament, quote unquote, failure every time you talk to them? No. On top of that, another thing that I want to say is like, don't be afraid to talk. Like, for example, if someone lost a job and you're out with them or you're hanging out and then you're telling a story about work, don't like make it weird. (laughs) and look at them and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm talking about work. Like, I don't think I've ever looked at you and been like, oh, sorry. Like my dad said something funny. I don't want to tell you because like now it's weird. Yeah, no. You know, in Bridesmaids where (laughs) she's like, this is my husband. And like, she's like, oh, and like they thought it was somebody. She's like, you don't have a husband. Right. I love that part. <laughs> That's how that feels. And the people are like, they're like, my dad did this. Oh, sorry. You don't have a dad. <laughs> right. Just tell the fucking story. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, look, it's traumatic to watch life move on and to hear that life moves on with people. But at some point, your life moves on too. And you, you know, your wheels start rolling again and, you know, fi- you find a new normal. Yeah. So... You know, if it's not in that like initial shock phase for like the first six months or whatever, you know, you can still share your life with people who have gone through shit. Yeah. If anything, they can relate more or, you know, have some like a unique perspective to provide to a situation for you. So, you know, I think that's something else that's like, I don't want to hear you tell stories about your dad, but like also go fuck yourself with that, too. Yeah. I don't want to hear you tell stories, but like, I'm going to be weird if I want to tell a story. No. I agree. And I know that I'm sure if you haven't been through this, you feel like you're getting conflicting messages right now. Basically, what we're saying is that you treat your friend as normal as possible. You're not minimizing them. You're treating them normally. I highly recommend a, are you good? What's up? Because if they don't want to talk about it and they'd be distracted, they'd be like, yeah, I'm good. Like, how is this, this, and this going? Like, or this is what we did this weekend or whatever else. And if they want to talk about it, be like, you know, not so fucking good. Or yeah. this weekend was hard. I mean, I this is my first wedding since the divorce and my dad's dead and couldn't walk my sister down the aisle. Those are two major factors that made my sister's wedding hard. However, I don't want to fucking talk about that at the wedding. Did someone no. bring it up? Absolutely, they did. <laughs> They're like, how was, oh yeah, you must have not, They. it was a comment about how you put a wedding band on. And I guess the wedding band's supposed to go first thing your engagement ring. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And they're like, oh yeah, you probably did yours the wrong way. And I'm like, that'd be funny oh. if you were one of my siblings, but you're not. <laughs> so that's not funny coming from you. <laughs> you know, I can make light of it. I can make casual of it because I know it makes people uncomfortable. Just like when stuff about my dad comes up, I have no problem making light of situations. And I usually can give you the gauge on whether or not I want to talk about it. And if they can't and they're too emotionally volatile, if you just give them the option to talk about it and they choose not to and they volley it back, that's not on you anymore. I don't want you to feel like you have to keep digging to make them talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want people to feel like conflicting messages on that. In the end, the message is simple. Be available and don't expect anything back. Yes. That's it. And then specifically to death grief, um, I saw this in the Be There in Five like podcast group, someone had commented that a friend of hers husband killed himself and she's like, she's my age, she has two kids, I have no idea what to do. Um, I get this question a lot, actually. I have a lot of people who lose their parents reach out to me, people whose best friends lost a parent because they're like, hey, you were the first person I know this happened to. What do I do? And um, as we said, the support of being available 
if you are supporting a family, what really helped us is not necessarily dropping by a casserole because eventually your fridge runs out of space. And although it's thoughtful, like that's not helpful. Also, some people like plants. We didn't. Our house turned into a goddamn jungle. And it's like my dad just died and I have to keep these plants alive or else the symbolism of his life is dead. And then I killed something else of his. And that's a lot of pressure. That, you know, minimal amount of things, responsibilities is what I recommend. Fair. But things that take some weight off because I don't think anyone understands how hard day-to-day life is when your world falls apart. So like we said, the world keeps going, things keep rolling, the casseroles run out, the flowers die, the plants die, everyone's going back to work. I recommend doing, if you are financially in the place, to do... Um, like a restaurant gift card, a meal delivery service gift card, grocery gift cards, or you drop, if you are going to drop off food, like Morgan said earlier, you wait like six weeks and then bring by dinner because that's the hardest part is just like getting out of bed and feeding your family and doing all the day to day shit that you're required to when you've lost someone. Yeah. I mean, can you even imagine going to a grocery store? Yeah. After that? I had to do a lot of grocery store because my mom didn't like want to really leave the house. Yeah. She didn't want to see people. Or like offer to drive them. Yeah. Like I'm scooping you up. Let's go to the grocery store. Like I need a few things. You can grab a few things or you can just be out of the house. Or make me a list. I'm going to the grocery store. What can I get you? Yeah. Or hey, um, my kids and I are going to Chuck E. Cheese. Would you like me to pick up your kids so you can have like two hours alone? Right. Checking in a little bit later. I think acts of service are huge. Like, yes, anybody can send flowers. Anybody can send. Although I do. I lived off edible arrangements. That was all I (laughs) ate for like a week. But I think that checking in, being available and things, just realizing how hard their everyday life is going to be for a long time. I remember like not the following Christmas because everybody expects the first of everything to hurt. But like by the second Christmas, our family was like, okay, enough. Like we need to find a new normal and move on. And we're like, how? Everything is different. We're creating a new normal. I can't move on. And that was so super hard so expecting people to be okay sucks yeah i think for a lot of people it's it's hard because like we said before it makes them feel uncomfortable like in a situation you know with extended family who you know are ready for their things to get back to normal and to not have to deal with anybody else's bullshit because they aren't personally going through it and they want to feel happy around Christmas because it's their favorite holiday. And then they feel like they can't or they can't, you know, be as happy in front of other people or they feel like you're bringing the mood down and they're bummed about it. You just have to try and be a little bit more selfless. And there's not a time limit. No. And, you know, that can be frustrating as a person who's not directly going through it, someone who is. And, you know, it's been 18 months. It's been two years. And you're like, oh, my God, like you're still not able to go to the grocery store. You know, like I can see where that where rationally in your brain that, you know, the connection is there, that it's been a long time. And why are they still having problems with this? It's not that big of a deal. You just have to recognize that you're having a shitty, selfish moment. And don't put that out there for the other people to see, like, 
you know, there's no thinking it isn't a crime, but examine that in yourself and, you know, take 10 deep breaths and then recognize that everyone grieves differently. Everyone grieves for different lengths of time. And it is an ongoing process. Your dad's been dead for seven years. That doesn't make to, you know. This past Wednesday. This past, you know, Wednesday any easier than two years ago or six years ago. Yeah, this past Wednesday was my dad's death anniversary. And like she said, you know, I think I will because we're kind of breaking down how to help someone in grief. I'll break down the in grief part in a second. Obviously, there's some people who milk things. I'm not minimizing that. There's just like there's people who don't follow the honor system. There's going to be some people who milk things. But I bet 99% of people grieving, they wish they weren't grieving either. They wish they had a normal Christmas. They wish their sibling, parent, child, mother, whoever was still there and that they weren't bumming you out either because they want to go back to their normal. This isn't fun. No. No. So I think you summarize how to help someone through grief perfectly. It's patience and love, and it's not fucking easy, and no one's saying it is. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're not going to get that response from a grieving person until it's been years after it happened. So if you're sticking around with someone who's going through some shit so that in seven years they can say nice things to you on a podcast about (laughs) it, don't do it. The the ROI, it's it's not worth it. <laughs> it just doesn't make economic sense to it tr- do it that way. It truly doesn't. It has to be out of love. And that's why, I mean, I have people who are kind to me, but like not people who sat in the grief with me who didn't love me because you have to love someone because I am sure it hurt and you loved me enough. It had to have hurt you to see me hurt like that. It's awful. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I can't fix this. And I just have to be here. Yeah. And, you know, in some moments you ask, you know, is this an okay moment for some tough love right now? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? And you go from there. That's also appropriate, you know, if you're close enough with the person that you can ask that question and and take whatever response they give you. Yeah. And go from there. Because people who love you will also teach you when to pull up your big girl panties. Right. Yeah. That's a part of things, too, is like, you know what? It's been it's been six months Make your list and I'll take you to the grocery store this time. Yeah. We're going to do it Instead of one picking step. things up for you. Yeah. One step at a time. Baby yeah. steps. Yeah. Patience, understanding, and time. Time is huge. And that is the worst part of the whole thing. Yeah. It's yeah. just waiting. <laughs> waiting. Yeah. So, okay. So to break down kind of summary for those in grief, if you are grieving right now, I'm sorry. I know it sucks. I know it feels like the world is like closing in on you and things will never be the same, which they won't. And you're not wrong. Um, but you got to deal with it. You have to feel it. You have to handle it. I can't recommend therapy enough. We are a goddamn broken record about therapy. We love it. We endorse it. We would just like audible write it across our tits as an advertisement for them. We love <laughs> therapists. <laughs> um, I mean... Name something bad that's ever come out of therapy. Other than a bad therapist, which that's that's not therapy's fault. No. That's a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> there are shitty people everywhere. There are shitty people everywhere. But yeah, I don't... Therapy is huge. And then if you can't... Or in addition to therapy, talking it out, dealing with the emotions, not pretending like everything's fine. I can't recommend that enough. 
and it doesn't get easier. Hear me out. Don't quit on me. (laughs) But you get tougher and the unbearable days space out more. So whether it is divorce, whether it is an illness, whether it is a trauma, whether it is a relative or a friend or a relationship, the pain that you feel, the intensity I don't think ever completely leaves, or at least I'm young enough that I have not had any situation that the intensity of pain has gone down, but the frequency that you feel that pain that's so bad that you have like physical pain with it spreads out. Like it's not every day, then it's not three days a week, then it's not three days a month, and then it goes to specific days or, and sometimes that shit comes out of nowhere, y'all. Sometimes you'll be just going about your fucking day and then you'll see your dead dad's car and shit just goes downhill quickly. (laughs) And that kind of stuff happens. Or your ex-husband will send you a really fucking stupid message and shit just goes down quickly. And you got to feel it, have it, talk about it, process it, and put on the big girl panties on and move. I'm not giving you a timeline to do that, but those are the steps. I like steps and I like a flow sheet, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you there. Is there anything other than else we need to cover on grief other than we love all of you guys and we're here and nobody's okay and that's okay? No, I don't think I have anything to add to that. Nothing's normal right now. Whether or not you feel it strongly, you're grieving something right now. And if you don't recognize a feeling that you're having, it's probably grief in this moment because, you know, I still have a job. I still get to see my family. But, you know, like I really could have fucking used a lunch with my girlfriends this week. I was just in one of those moods that, you know, like I was PMSing and I would have just loved to have a good glass of wine at a fun bar with my friends. Yeah, I feel that. And I can't. Yeah. And it was sad. I just want to go to a restaurant and have a waiter ask me if I would like any starters. And I can order a Diet Coke and say, of course I want a starter. And I want an entree. And I want a dessert. And I'm going to leave here hating myself with how much food I eat. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Like, right off the bat, I would love the spinach artichoke dip. Oh, spin dip. Yes. Like, you don't even have to ask me. I want a glass of wine. I want a tasting menu. I (laughs) I want to meet my girlfriends on a porch. It is a... Fucking okay, it's raining this week, but it's been warm and wonderful here in Nashville. It hasn't even gotten too too hot yet. So in the 80s, I just want all of the restaurants, all of the porch eating, all of the marks with my girlfriends. I want to go on a fucking date and have someone else make dinner and do the dishes. I just I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. In the until we can go back to that though, and even when we do, it's gonna be different and it's gonna be weird. Mm -hmm. You know? recognize that it sucks, recognize that it may or may not be grief you're feeling, and maybe even just like send a text to one of your friends and be like, this sucks. Do you want to talk about how much it sucks? Get it out of the way. And then, I don't know, talk about the fact that you both bought the same vibrator. Oh, yeah. That (laughs) only a pandemic and true soulmate sister love. (laughs) Y'all. Can you imagine? Okay, did I know Morgan brought a vibrator during quarantine? Absolutely. That is actually what motivated me to buy a sex toy again because we were talking about one of the reasons she bought it is that she wanted to eventually use it with a partner because she's like, this would be cool. And I was like, fuck, that does sound cool. I want to work that into my routine too. Order it. 
on Amazon also. Not my own because my family shares Amazon with me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, if you're listening. (laughs) But I also told you not to listen anymore. Anyways, but (laughs) order it. Sent Morgan my Christmas Snapchat being like, Santa came. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) And we bought the same fucking vibrator, same color, everything. (laughs) I had no idea what morgan bought and it's not like it was number one choice on amazon it wasn't amazon's best-selling vibrator no i did fucking research dude (laughs) me too (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) if if you need a good vibrator hit us up although the thing is a large b strong yeah yeah it's It's a a bit it's a bit much (laughs) it's excessive i definitely need like a little sister to it like i need it's like little friend like big daddy and like a little friend yeah yeah but um but yeah so that is literally bought the same exact thing and it was like the best thing ever yes i've never felt more cemented in our (laughs) sisterhood than at that moment people grieve with sex (laughs) listen there's nothing wrong with that whatever sometimes an orgasm is the best thing about your day and there ain't nothing wrong with that sister nope nope you figure out shit how you need to Boom. Figure out shit how you need to. There's no timeline. There's no limit. And, you know, if you're the person who's helping someone through it, practice patience and, you know, be available when they want to reach out and be available when they don't. Just knowing that someone is there uh, at the drop of a hat when they need you is going to go a long way. And it's minimal work just to pick up the phone if they call or to send a text that you're thinking of them. I agree very much. So, well, thank you for always being my person in the good and the bad and the vibrators and in the death. (laughs) You are my forever soulmate and I love you. (laughs) To vibrate, do us part. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but but that's fine. I said I was hungover and I stand by that. (laughs) I'm not not saying it's A plus quality, but it's an A for effort. And I'm fucking here, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Technical glitches, wedding, Corona and all. We are here. God damn it. Yeah. um, Sorry. Sorry. All right. So because hopefully we're going to get our life together. We have an episode this week. Hopefully I'm going to get back to social mediaing. Morgan's going to help me. I need to open i haven't opened our app to create shit in like two weeks i'm a mess but we're where are they gonna go when i do decide to get my life together when stephanie finally gets her shit together you can go to instagram at at make it work podcast um you can go to twitter if you feel the urge make it work pod (laughs) you can email us at uh make it work podcast at gmail.com and we also have a up and coming Facebook group, facebook.com slash make it work podcast. I still don't know how to work that thing. Also, Me if, you, either. if you email us, we can send you the vibrary we bought that we do endorse. I would give it a solid four stars. I'd give it four stars. There is a bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Happy to walk you through that too, baby. If you need help. We're here. We are. <laughs> we are the best girlfriends you've ever had and you've always wanted. And you are welcome. There's no filter and there's no shame. Boom, bitch. All right, Mork. I'll talk to you next week. I love you. I love you too. All right, that's a wrap. See you guys next week. Big thanks to the Good Morning Liberty Network. Bye.